This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Hey Santa, you could win in APCO's Cash for Chrissy competition. That's right, APCO Joe. There's 1K to brighten your day. And 1K to give away to a mate for Christmas. APCO's Cash for Chrissy, on now at APCO. <laughs> The Expertise Panel, brought to you by Dilma. Do try it. It's 10.23 here on SENZ. Ricardo Ball in for Ian Smith. And joining us today on the Dilma Expertise Panel from News Hub, Andrew Gordy. Good morning, Gordy. Morning, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Good. And, and joining us from uh, TVNZ producer, Greg Pearson. G'day, Greg. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah, our pleasure, mate. Our pleasure. Thanks for coming on. Uh, gentlemen, I guess the, the big news uh, overnight, uh, and not exactly news, because I think we all saw it coming, but uh, Team New Zealand, and inverted commas, I'll, I'll put inverted commas around the Team New Zealand part, uh, are going to defend the America's Cup in Barcelona, because, you know, such a beautiful part of New Zealand, Barcelona. Um, Andrew, uh, does, does, what, what was your take on this? And, I mean, is the America's Cup now for the casual New Zealand sporting fan an irrelevance because we don't really have a horse in the race? Yeah, well, it's, it's a difficult one to answer that. I, I can't speak for everyone, but I can only speak to me personally. And to me, this is a real line in the sand moment for, again, an in inverted commas, Team New Zealand. Because, to me, this is a decision. While I completely understand it, Um, Now is the moment, I think, where I'm prepared to separate all kind of emotion and sentiment um, from the team because now this this isn't a national team anymore. And Grant Dalton's been quite upfront about that. And and that's that's fine. And I think we all just have to be sort of at peace with that. But you've got to forget the era of, of 95 and Red Sox and Sir Peter Blake. Like, that was just a different time for the sport. And, and for this team where, you know, it's not done on the smell of an oily rag and number eight wire mentality or, or anything like that anymore. This is more akin to Formula One now. And I think the sooner we, we all accept that, we can just sort of all put our headspace or, you know, move into a different headspace when it comes to this team. And Grant Dalton, just, just reading some of the comments that he's made um, in, in various media interviews this morning, um, there were a couple of comments that I found really interesting. One of them was, um, that he that he asked really sort of for New Zealanders to ease up on the government. You know, they did the best they could. And I, I just don't really see anyone feeling aggrieved with the government about this. I mean, I, I think New Zealanders have poured enough taxpayers' money into into Team New Zealand and, and enough is enough. Like, they are a professional sporting team and that is exactly how he describes them. It, it wasn't enough money to get a professional sporting team like this across the line. So let's all just start thinking about them like that. They are a professional sporting organisation, a purely professional entity, but they have no right now to come and ask the government for, for any money, for any taxpayer money, because they have made this decision that they are no longer a New Zealand sporting team. Greg, your take on, on what Gordy said there? 
Yeah, I, I think um, pretty much agree with everything Gordy says, and I've got to say I'm, I'm I'm delighted to hear a pretty balanced kind of take with that because it's certainly been hot take central um, since that decision's kind of come out. Um, as a as a sailing fan um, and a fan of the America's Cup, yeah, I'm disappointed. It would have been great to, to go down to the race village and, and soak up all that atmosphere and everything. But yeah, like Gordy said, and this is something else that Dalton um, uh, said as well, is that, that yes, they potentially could have had it here, but it would have been a massive, massive um, shortfall budget-wise, and they just wouldn't have been able to compete. And at the end of the day, they're there to win. And if they're not there to win, then what's the point? And then it would have been lost off offshore, definitely the next one after that, with a good chance of it not coming back. So, yeah, it's it's hard to kind of weigh up everything. It, it's, the America's Cup is a really complex thing. I've spent a lot of time covering it um, and just trying to get your head around a lot of stuff and then try to explain it to people. That's just a whole other beast in itself. But, um, yeah, sure, it's disappointing. Um, but I've, and it's strange, but I can see the rationale behind the decision. And... Yeah, professional sports is unfortunately the way it sort of goes sometimes. It's, it's big money. And if you haven't got enough to compete, then there is that question of why are you involved? Should then, Greg, the New Ze- the NZ be taken out of the team name? I mean, it is no longer Team New Zealand, is it? It's just Team Emirates, right? Yeah, and if, hey, look at all the other teams. Um, you won't see any names particularly prominently uh, in some of the others. Um, or if they are, it's because all those other teams have got one very rich billionaire with some very deep pockets behind it, um, and that's the the one thing that sets Team New Zealand off from from the other teams. They they have a group of, of supporters behind them that do put into the budget, but nowhere near close to, to what the other teams have when you consider who's behind them. Um, and as defender, they don't just have the responsibility of running their own campaign; they have to run the event. Um, and this time around, they've, they've changed the structure sl- slightly from last time. Last time, uh, Luna Rossa was in charge of the, the Prada Cup Challenger Series themselves, and Team New Zealand took care of the America's Cup event. This time, Team New Zealand said, no, we're going to take care of both. We can sort of streamline things. The difference is, last time, um, Prada put in around, they reckon around $150 million into the Prada Cup to, to get it going. The budget this time, Team New Zealand's kind of got there, is about 80 mil to cover those things. So, not as much as last time, but that's an extra 80 mil that they're trying to find to, to run the event. And that's where that shortfall was. Um, Peter Lester was on um, breakfast this morning and just sort of saying, you know, there's a there's a shortage of designers, of engineers out there. They've got to pay top dollar if you want the best people. That's, you know, where the money goes to is getting the right people on board so you can put the, the best boat on the water to win. So based off what Greg's just said, uh, Andrew, uh, on talking about, you know, if we don't have the best people, then it goes offshore and we lose it. Does it really make any difference given that we've effectively lost it anyway? I mean, what is in it, what's in it for New Zealand uh, other than an oversized and practical uh, gravy boat, really? <laughs> well, certainly no, we're used to on this, Ricardo, which is fair enough. Um, but just a couple of points I might want to make there. Um, in terms of removing New Zealand from the name, I mean, look, especially given everything that I've just said about this, well, yeah, I, I, can, I can understand that. Um, Greg, you might know more about this than me, but is there still a nationality rule which kind of essentially means that there has to be some kind of national identity attached to, to each of the teams that, that participate in this cup? And I suppose, um, you know, uh, while it is Emirates Team New Zealand at this, at this moment, it is still the Royal New Zealand Yacht Squadron that is essentially still behind this team. Um, you can, can you clear up those two, two points to start with? 
Oh, if you, if you go back to the, the data gift, which sort of governs the entire thing, it is a friendly competition between nations. Each syndicate represents a yacht club, not a nation. They do sort of put the flags on it, so it is a, you know, Team New Zealand is a New Zealand team, not necessarily representing New Zealand. Hey, there could be multiple teams from different countries. There's no restriction on that. There is nationality attached to the, the sailors. It's actually a bit stricter this time. Um, but, yeah, it's almost that little bit of a grey area that I think teams try to play up on the nationality side of things to for that nationalism, for that support, and to get the backing behind them. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's kind of a, it's a hard one to really nail down properly, um, but it's certainly nothing specific. But, yeah, it's, it's a hard one. But you can see why it's, it's become such an important thing for Team New Zealand to get the country behind them. Sure, they could drop the name really easily, and I think it's possibly only been the fact that there has been government support behind them that they have kept it in the name, that there's no reason why, like even when Emirates came on board as a, as a naming sponsor after 2003, even that was a little bit of like, ooh, don't, don't like that too much. But look at the, other, the names of some of the other teams when you've got Ineos, you've got, um, oh, I can't even remember what the proper name is for Luna Rossa now because they've got Prada and Pirelli in the name and what order that goes in. Yeah, it's uh, it's certainly a, a corporate beast, the America's Cup, a long way from where uh, you know it came even from the Dennis Connor days, that's for sure. This is uh, the Dilmar Expertise panel, Greg Pearson and Andrew Gordy with us. Dilmar, do try it. We'll be back after the latest in news and sport uh, to hit, uh, I think, some more America's Cup, but a couple of other things uh, bubbling away in New Zealand sport as well. The Expertise panel, brought to you by Dilmar. Do try it. This is the Dilmar Expertise Panel on SENZ Mornings with Ian Smith, Ricardo Ball, in for Smithers on World Cup duty. Dilmar, celebrating 30 years of tea in New Zealand. Uh, we've got Greg Pearson from TVNZ and Andrew Gordy from News Hub with us on the panel. And uh, Gordy, just to further that on the America's Cup. Um, so let's put it out there. If, if, if um, uh, Emirates Team New Zealand win the next America's Cup over in Barcelona, what happens to the next regatta after that? And is there any chance it ever comes back to New Zealand, uh, even if Team New Zealand do retain it? Yeah, well, this, this is the point that I'm I'm really interested in now, is because some of the some of the comments again that Grant Dalton made this morning, he sort of said, you know, let's be real about the times we're living in. There's a war on. There's, there's been the devastation from COVID, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and we're we're all well aware of that. So what what he's essentially saying is like, you know, if if, if we were in sort of normal times, um, if, if I can put it like that. I think what he's indicating is, you know, maybe we would have been able to hold this regatta in New Zealand. Okay, so let's fast forward then and let's just imagine for a moment, because let's face it, you know, now they've got all the money that they need. There should be absolutely no reason why Team New Zealand can't can't uh, defend the America's Cup again. We know that they've got the sailing expertise and uh, on and off the water to be able to do that. So let's let's assume for a moment that they're going to go out and defend the America's Cup. What happens next time? And will they... Will they want to bring it back to New Zealand? And, and would that be the right thing to do? Would the ship have sailed, so to speak, in terms of um, New Zealanders wanting to have an America's Cup uh, back on home waters again? Or would this, in, in say, you know, let's call it six years' time, I suppose, would this event have gone to another level again where simply New Zealand would be priced out of, of ever hosting uh, an event like this again. Again, I go back to the point um, that we should maybe start thinking about uh, the America's Cup and Team New Zealand more akin to Formula One. You know, could you ever imagine New Zealand hosting a, a round of the Formula One Grand Prix season? No, because the money that's involved to secure an event like that 
is simply astronomical. So there's zero chance of that ever happening. And so maybe we've actually seen in our last chance of ever hosting this again. Um, and, and again, though, it comes back to the sentiment. Would there be the sentiment both from the team itself and from New Zealanders uh, to have this, this cut race for on home waters again? I think it'll be really interesting to get the measure of the, where the nation sits on that. Um, in, say, four years' time when, when this debate will be happening again. Yeah, Greg, it's an interesting point that Gordy brings up um, because, you know, t- talking to people who have been, like Logan, our producer, has been, uh, you know, was in San Francisco when the America's Cup was happening there. He said, unless you were at the specific wharf, you wouldn't know that it was going on. It seems to mean more in New Zealand than it means anywhere else in the world. So from that point of view, a return on investment for the government, if next, if, if team, team New Zealand defend the trophy and then decide, well, where are we going to do the regatta next time, does the New Zealand government have enough possible return on investment from tourism, etc., to be able to give Grant Dalton the money he needs then? Or is it just, you know, it's way bigger here than it is anywhere else and no one else really cares? Yeah, and, and that San Francisco point is exactly right. I was over there for that as well. And it was a very strange thing that um, walking around the city and, yeah, there were there was heaps of signage up in places um, and in the other parts of the city, just nothing at all. And that they have no idea had no idea what was going on, and that's kind of one reason why it ended up in Bermuda the, the time after that. Um, you've got to remember as well that this last cut, um, there were times when the race village was locked down because of the pandemic. Um, if that hadn't happened, if the borders were open, I don't think there's no doubt the next cup would be in Auckland. Um, the government would have looked at the... And council as well, they obviously pumped a lot of money into infrastructure around the event. Um, they didn't get the return on their investment because the, we didn't have those big super yachts coming down and those big spending owners and, and the other tourists that it would have brought in. If that had happened, I think the government would have got a return on their investment and there wouldn't have been any issues. And, and I guess that's kind of possibly what Dalton was getting to with that comment that Gordy made about, um, you know, don't take it out on the government, is that he in the past has said, hey, we know that they can't put more into it. Um, because they've got other things to worry about pandemic-wise and, and all of that, sure. Um, the other interesting point, Gordy, that you brought up, sentiment in the America's Cup is a very fickle thing. Um, when the event's on, everyone's on board, you know, rates right through the roof, all of that stuff. As soon as it finishes, give it a bit of time. Man, some of those, everyone's, everyone's jumping off that boat pretty quickly, that's for sure. And then it does become this, you know, we start to hear the, the vitriol about the rich man's sport and all of that, and it's very hard to support it. So, yeah, what happens when the event's on next time and everyone, is everyone getting up in the middle of the night in uh, Barcelona to, um, to, to, to watch it? I, I can remember doing that when it was in Valencia and there were quite a few people doing it. It feels like there won't be quite as many this time around. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, it's hard to know that if, uh, if they've got their hands back on the cup in a couple of years' time and they say, hey, we're coming back to Auckland, um, it's... Yeah, it's, it's hard to know how people will feel about things because it is such a um, peaks and troughs kind of thing, the old support for the America's Cup. Yeah, just on there, I've had a text through on our Temper Beard Post text machine, double eight double three here from uh, Liam, saying, I can't see the Cup ever being here if we don't have the money now. We won't have it for the next one. And I can't see the New Zealand public backing funding for any team under Grant Dalton. Um, Greg, on that, how much, how much do you think that plays into it? I mean, is Dalton... Uh, that reviled a character by the New Zealand public that, you know, he puts people off wanting to back the team? He is a very divisive figure, um, and that's probably a, quite an understatement. But he is there to, <laughs> to win, and if people aren't 
the, if he doesn't see people as being sort of on board and supporting him, then as far as he's concerned, this my view here completely, but I think that he just sort of sees them as then a hindrance and just needs to get them out of the way. So he's very driven in that regard. The thing is that that money from that, that group of supporters that they do have behind them, like I was saying, they, they don't have a, one big backer. They've kind of got a group there. They're all people that largely that Dalton's brought in. And when other people have kind of been touted as maybe taking over at Team New Zealand, they've sort of said, well, what money are you going to bring to the team? Because when if Dalton goes, all that money probably goes with him. And I think that's kind of the reality that, personally, I think that if Grant Dalton's not there, if that team loses in Barcelona and he says, hey, I'm stepping down, yeah, there's some good deputies, the likes of Kevin Shrewbridge, but I don't know if they're necessarily going to keep that support with them, and that could be the end of Team New Zealand. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, the faces of it, how that affects things, you know, I mean, and once again, using the inverted commas, old uh, Judas Coots, you know, not popular with the New Zealand public uh, uh, after the way he went. Um, obviously, Dalton the same. Yet, you know, we still talk about P- Peter Blake like he's some sort of saint, uh, Gordy. So, I mean, I guess it, uh, a lot of it is public facing and, and who you have is the face of that. And maybe, I mean, you know, is this a lesson for Grant Dalton to go, you know what, I'm just going to be the backroom guy. I'm not going to face the media. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to put up a PR guy who everybody he likes. Well, yeah, and look, I, I don't, I don't think it's um, putting too fine a point on it to say that this is a decision that may well define Grant Dalton's legacy. Um, because if, if what, if, if indeed what Greg has just um, sort of suggested happens, that you know Grant Dalton um, goes through with this America's Cup defence and then decides to to walk away. And he then walks away with all the money that he quite right. And I think everyone acknowledges that Grant Dalton, his presence with that team attracts a lot of a lot of funding, um, and he is very he is very very important to the to the running of that team. Now, now let's have a scenario where Grant Dalton has decided on this occasion to take the the America's Cup defence to Barcelona. They defend the America's Cup there, and then he walks away, and with it walks away with all of his backing to leave the team to essentially fend for themselves and and they fall over or they're, they're not in a position to then defend the cup after that. Well, what, what does that say about Grant Dalton? I mean, you, you would say then that he has used the Team New Zealand brand and I suppose used the, team, uh, used the New Zealand public and, and taxpayer money to, to, I suppose, run the team the way that he wants to run it and then, and then leave it for dead, essentially. Now I know that I'm sort of jumping the gun there, but that's the that's the sort of scenario we're talking about here. So I think Grant Dalton, if he cares about his legacy and if he cares about his own legacy and the legacy of Team New Zealand, um, his decisions um, in the wake of this particular one uh, will be absolutely crucial. Yeah, I think so, gentlemen. Thank you very much for your time today on the Dilmar Expertise uh, Panel. I really appreciate it, Greg. Go well. Enjoy the rest of your day. Pleasure. Thank you very much. And uh, Gordy too. Thanks, mate. Uh, some uh, some good thinking points there for us, mate. Go well, and I look forward to seeing you on News Hub tonight. Thanks, James. Good stuff. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.